Gazar we held in the Imam and Rabbi Aisha's base. And the Kazari just the Khakhma just explained to the king uh, why other religions are different to Yiddishkeit. We saw last time, either the fact that they just both of us or that they have a hybrid of uh, the truth and uh, adapted paganism and the fact that uh, therefore it's not very similar to what Klaishra has the book. And the king is after it and he says in Oysu's place, Amar Kazari, the king says, I will have Yosef Kaiman Okay, you have your differences with them, but you're still closer to them, to the other religions, than you are to the philosophers. In other words, you still share a common idea, and that is that there's a, some concept of a person is obligated to serve in some way, and there's a religious principle that he has to keep and do, and uh, that's okay. So you're, you're still similar. You might be have your differences with them, you might not agree with uh, their practices, but in the concept, that you're also a religion. Whereas the philosophers, they didn't believe in having to serve Sorry, at the beginning of the sefer, the philosophers just felt that Hashem isn't really interested in people's service and doesn't make any difference. So he said, okay, but you know, you have that distance from each other. So now the Chacham answers that, and he And he firstly he agrees with the statement, and he says it's true. You're right. There's a very big difference between someone who accepts the Torah and the philosopher. And he's going back to something we've mentioned a number of times in the Kazari. And then he says, Kival HaTayra, a person accepts the Torah, the Vakishalekim, he wants to connect to Hashem, Lateyalos, Kedolos, for major effects, purposes, Zulas Te'alos, Idiyasos. Besides the fact that he wants to know Hashem, and that is a, has a value in its own right, that itself is something which um, is a reason to want to connect to Hashem. But it's a, there are other Torahs, there are other great benefits, so to speak, uh, to knowing Hashem. Obviously, we're talking about the level the person can reach and the reward that the person can get. Whereas about a philosopher, a philosopher, and in the Vakesh, there's no connection to anything. What the philosopher uh, professes to want to know is just, you know, what, what, that, the, if, what exists. To say what there is, and as she understand how things work, without any interest to connect. Just like if you would want to say that she's interested in finding out if the world is in the middle of the Galgal Agadol, means the whole solar system, and not just in the middle of our particular solar system, which is the Galgal Amazonas, which means we know, that, and then you then too, that there's our solar system with the nine planets. And then uh, besides that, there's the stars, and there's are constellations far away from us. So the stars want to know, do, like we know that in, in our solar system is a center point which all the planets revolve around. And the question is, is there also some center point of the universe that all the galaxies and all the stars revolve around as well? They are running, they have their own systems which are connected. So in the same way that there's like that discussion of interest in just knowing information, uh, which uh, applies to how the, how the universe operates, so in that same vein, he wants to know that is there Hashem, is there a God? But it's not coming from a point of wanting to connect to the Hashem or to get to know Him or to, uh, so to speak, uh, feel 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 some kind of a a a or a yira to Hashem. And that is that not knowing Hashem, the the, the foolishness of uh, an unawareness, so to speak, 
of knowing Hashem to the philosopher is the same as if you didn't have proof if the world is flat, it's a mishpah, it's flat or it's round, and therefore it's just a question of information. But the Ella says, the Ella came with this, and the Ella came with this, and the interest that he has in knowing the Ella, if there's Hashem or not, is just the same interest he has at every stage of knowing what, what's the fact. Yeah, there's no consequence. Which means there's no consequence, there's no connection, and there's no difference. It's just a question of like no, curiosity, which he wants to satisfy his intellectual curiosity or something. Who's speaking now, the the, the Kusar king or the Chacham? No, the Chacham. And the Chacham saying, and this is uh, he's, he's we've known this point before. He's already said at the beginning about the philosopher, but now he's going into a much more of a negative slant. And that is that if they want to, if they're going to discuss and rationalize and try and prove the existence and existence of Hashem, they say it's completely a cold. Uh, intellectual debate which has absolutely no consequence to them and if there is it means nothing to them if there isn't it means nothing to them so they're not really uh, they're not really affected by information it's just information how can he how can he say that because how does he know that if they were to recognize that there is a God, it would make no difference to them? Because this is the second point of philosophy. You saw this right, you asked him a very good question. But the matter we saw, Mr. Pretty, what he said right at the beginning of the cipher, and that is the philosopher said, even if we can concede there is a God, it doesn't affect us, because he's not interested in anything we do. Right, he's, he created the world and abandoned he's, it. He's created the world and abandoned it, or he's so great that he, the, the, the little it's actions that a person small, can right? do are way too inconsequential. inconsequential. Uh, and therefore, what's the difference? He is, he isn't. It doesn't affect us in any way. So he says that's true. In that way, the philosopher is very different to the person who believes in Hashem, because the bias it makes a big difference. Believe in Hashem means that we mitzvah to listen to Hashem. Believe in Hashem means you want to connect to Hashem, you want to understand Hashem. We speak to Him. Lives. He's involved in our lives. Whereas the philosopher, then the knowledge of existence and non-existence is a completely cold uh, intellectual debate. Which, and if it is, and if it isn't, isn't going to change his life either way. They protected themselves from all sides. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they weren't smart. And therefore, yeah. so they, they made sure that they wouldn't have any ischayim. Right, there's no ischayim, 100%. And like the Quran of Asmarat, that was better than the which misled them. Because uh, how could it be the intelligent people who profess to look at everything rationally could come to a conclusion that there isn't a, that there isn't a creator? And the answer is, that, 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 that very shaykhat, which means that, that drive not to have to be in a sense that I'm dependent on something or therefore I'm indebted to something, is what drives them to look at the position that it can't be something that is in charge of me or that controls me. And that's why they, that's what that's what we're there, that from that stage, this is where they went wrong. Okay, so then he says, the philosopher doesn't have an interest of being a Tzadik more than being a Russian. Again, because they said that there's no difference. How I act is completely irrelevant to the existence of Hashem. The way they look at it is that there's no consequence for my actions anyway. And therefore, Hashem doesn't reward, Hashem doesn't punish. It doesn't interest him. Number two, And the second point, and this is also part of what the philosophers believe, is the Olam Kadman, which means that there wasn't a certain state of creation. There wasn't a stage where the world didn't exist before it existed. 
That's what Ayyukad means. means all, the world always exists. How is that possible? How is it possible? We see a system which runs, so it's always did run. There's never a starting point. It's been going since the time of the world. Can I make a point with your question? This idea of Ayyukad, we talk about also the beginning of the Kazari, I'm going to go over the main three points you said again. And that is, there's, there's three different angles of why people would think Ayyukad. The first one is because um, because we don't see proof within the world that proves at a certain which stage it started existing from. And if we're going to look at it from a completely cold scientific point of view, where's the proof of the beginning of the world? We see a world as a system which operates and operates and operates as far back as we know. And then if you're going to look just without accepting any Messiah, without accepting any outsider uh, knowledge, just from, from a study of the this, the physics of the breath, from a study of what we see in the world as it runs, do we see either there's a certain starting point and finishing point, or do we see just a, con- a continual system, an uh, ecosystem which maintains itself and repeats itself uh, again and again and again? It's not like a person that's born and right. dies. And therefore, for sure, individual aspects in the world go through a stage. They're born, they grow up, they age, they die. Uh, animals, trees, people, uh, everything. Whereas the world as a whole, it's a, we don't see the world growing up, aging, dying. It's a repetitive system which happens again and again. But modern science with right. carbon dating contradicts this, right? Uh, not really. Because, but modern science does contradict this for what we said. Universe. The size it's of the standing. universe. The expansionist theory of the universe. But obviously, the philosophers didn't have access to that information. But today, we, we, we have proof that the world started at a certain point. Because we know that, we spoke about this then, that the, the, the fact that the, the universe is expanding means that it had to have started at a certain point and, expand, and kept expanding from there. Whereas the philosophers, like, like Einstein even, until his time, believed in what's called the static model of the universe, which means the universe is not expanding. It's just going around and around itself, and again and again and again. And if that's the case, if everything's fell held in place, so then they were there. the first argument they could say is, we don't see proof from the world that the world uh, had a starting point. Doesn't we just see a continual system. Doesn't the possible Gaelis seem to give support to the static model about the that the Nahar goes to the Yam and then well, that's it, true. It's the, the, planet, the same water? Within the planet, the cycle which goes around and around. The sun goes around, I mean, the world goes around and around itself, it goes around and around the sun, then the water cycle goes around, it gets evaporation, and then the precipitation goes around and around as well. We're drinking the same water that they drink. Yeah, we're going around and around and around within the ecosystem of the world. But that's what they saw too. But if you're going to, so therefore, the first argument they had was, if you're going to look at it, so to speak, from the scientific perspective, so we don't see a starting point in the view. Like I said, they weren't aware of the fact that the planets, I mean, the galaxies are receding from us, and that therefore there's an expansion which is happening the whole time in the world, which proves it has to have begun. But without that, what they saw within planet Earth, or within the, the solar system, which they were aware of, which circles the sun again and again, so then... They came to Moscow that we don't see any proof of a beginning point. Good question. Yeah. He always claimed the universe is static. And they told him that based on your own theory, that there has to be the universe is expanding. With the mathematics of his own theory of relativity, and he refused to accept it. Until in 1955, they built the Hubble telescope in America, and Anton Stanislavski, and they invited him to come and look, and you can see position of the, of the stars, and you can see that they're getting further away. Wow. Uh, and, and you can see the speed they're getting further away because you can track the, the trajectory of how the stars are going. 
and they brought him to see. And he, he has to admit. He wrote. He, he, he have his right. He said, "It was. I had to admit it. There's nothing to say." But he didn't want to admit it, and he says himself, "Why not?" He says, "Because if you're going to concede that there's a starting point in the universe, it means accepting God." And I want to do that. So he understood that's the implication of what you're going to say. You know, if you're going to say the world of the universe is always the same, nothing ever moved, nothing ever changed. Okay, so he's just a creator. Now we'll come next to the theological difficulty of how could it be the world that always existed. But once you're going to prove that the world didn't always exist, then there's no other option. It has to be a creator. Why, why does it have to be, just logically, why does it have to be that it started off from this and then and then it's all expanding? Why couldn't it, why couldn't the universe have been this and then expanding from there? Why does it mean that there was a starting point? Forget that big bang. The question is that there, that there is a starting point. Wherever the starting point is going to be, there's a starting point, and from then, it's, which means there was someone who made a start. With the other options, there's no starting point, which is I don't know, the world's always been going. But once we're going to accept the starting point, it doesn't have to be big bang. A starting point could be anywhere she wanted it to be. Even but, starting with this big bang. Whatever it's going to be. But the fact that there was a starting point means there was a creator. Well, so then what made it start? Okay, so that's the, that's the first thing that the philosophers, again, with a lack of knowledge, believe. And then there's no proof from within that there's a that there's a, a stage where the world didn't exist. Uh, the second thing is they work with one or the the rules that they had of and even which is similar to rules that they have today in science, and that is that um, we don't see things being created. It's a, the same matter which is just being redistributed or reused in different ways again and again and again. And therefore, where, where did it start from? And therefore, Adam Kahneman means maybe things could have changed in the way that they are, but it's the same basic amount of matter and the same energy and the same materials which are just going through different stages. And therefore, that was uh, we don't see a starting point of creation of something which wasn't created before that. Uh, that was the second point. The third point that they came to was the, was the question, which this is a real question, and that is that if you're going to say that there was a starting point for the universe, so then why did it start then? In other words, uh, we're talking now that the starting point was, let's uh, according to our tradition, nearly 5,780 5, years, plus years ago. Okay, so what happened then that the universe had to start? And if you're going to say that because there's a creator who wanted to create the universe, well, what happened Dafka then? The creator existed before that too. So why Dafka at that stage is that he started to start? And therefore the other argument of Adam Kahneman, and this is what we're going to say next, and that is even if you're going to accept that the world was created, but it doesn't make sense that it was created at a certain time. Because the creator existed before that, and if you wanted to create the world, you should have created it before that too. So what happened Dafka at that stage that now the world gets created? But now the world gets created, uh, what, after billions of years of existing by itself, the creator said, actually I need a world. And therefore, if you got the the the, the 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 argument here on the Svara level is that if you're going to say that there's a creator and the creator wanted the world created, then you should always want the world created. What changed? That's a real question. There is a lost question. Um, okay, so that's the second point he says. He what's, says what's the answer to that? I'm not going to go off on that now. Well, it's finished at the first inside verse. I've a nice survey. I said it didn't change. The imikra erikim is They're going to call Hashem the Bairay. So either it's because it's an alderech havara. But I'm moving on the not that he actually created the world because they believe that the world is always here. Or Achim Horaitse, but Amr Baraviyatse, Shrasibasvaz, he's the source, he's the reason for the world. But that is Sarah Idol, you can't separate the one from the other one. 
which means even they're going to accept that there was a creation, but then the creation should have been as old as the boy. Why did why, he doesn't change? If that's the case, why did he at some stage change his mind to build the world? In other words, if it's a possibility of the one, it's a possibility of the other one. Uh, before it's happened, and if Hashem, there is Hashem who is here, then the world is here too, because He wants it. But where is Barak Ila Bapal, Ba'ilah Bapal, Ba'ilah Shawidas? And therefore, Hashem is the reason for the world. If that's the case, then it should have always been. And this, like I said, this is a, this, this actually is a question, uh, which Larizal uh, says that Rabbi Miskasho, and that is that why would there be a stage where Hashem would want a world, and prior to Hashem wouldn't want a world? Uh, Hashem doesn't change. And therefore, if He wanted a world, He should have had the world always. So what happened uh, in such a small amount of time ago that that's when uh, that that's when there was a world? It's not a fair question about time because there was no time. Oh, that's the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. The answer to the question is. But it's still a good question. It's, it's, it's I wouldn't say it in terms of time, but what, I was, in our point of view. The, the question, Hashem created time. It's part right. of the, right. the, 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 the answer, physical aspects of exactly. the world. Exactly. The answer to the question is what everybody's saying. It's because it's too. And then it's hard for us to 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 understand the concept because we work with a finite mind. But the answer to the question is that you can't ask the question because there wasn't time before the world was created. And therefore, the, 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 there was the Hashem before the world, yes. For how long? It's not a question. There's no concept of time there. As when, there's the, when there's time is when there's creation because time needs to be measured by something. And it's only when you have a world, which means you have something moving that you can measure time by. Where things are just a continuum, which nothing happens, nothing changes. There's no marking points, no milestones to measure time by. In the Nugansas, in the first part of the year, by Kiyomechot, now you can start counting time, because something moved. There was night, there was the day, there was a cycle, so now I can count it, cycle number one, and it repeats itself, it's cycle number two. I've, I've got a way to measure time. Whereas before that happened, and there was no area of a here, nothing ever changed, so there's nothing to measure, there's no way to count time. And it, it's a, so time existed, but just said it wasn't able to be measured? Right. It's not that it didn't exist. That's what it means. It doesn't exist. It means there's, there's nothing changed. So there's no way to measure, measure amount. So was time a creation, or it came automatically when Hashem created the concept the of, a, of something which is a measurable time is the creation where Hashem creates the envelope. Before and that, that came right. Before that, there were things existed, whatever form they were, but there wasn't something we could we, we could give it a timeline by because there wasn't there wasn't something to measure it by. And the proof of this always says it's Rashi. Because Rashi, right at the beginning of the Torah, says, Rashi, right at the beginning of the Torah, that the world didn't start from Parashas. There were things already around it. And he proves it. He says that Parashas, So Rashi says, at the beginning of the Pasuk, you see, there was already the Aretz, there was there was Choshech, there was Mayim. There were all these things before we start, was before we start counting the first day. These things were all there from before. And if that's the case, they, they were created back, back, before the first day. What happened the first day? The Shem created Or. But the Choshech and the Ma'im and the Or is all there before them. And uh, the field of the scones, we understand it very well. We can't say when it happened because there wasn't yet time. When there was Or, now there's a balance of Or and Choshech. Day and night, now that's the first day. Before that, there wasn't time. And that's the case, yes, the Shem created the Or, the Shem created the Choshech, the Shem created the Ma'im. There was a, at a stage before there was a measurable time, and therefore we can't say when it happened. It happened just as a step before that, but we can't, we can't give it a time because it wasn't yet time. The first time we can get the first ability to call something time is when Hashem creates light, because then there's a, a change of light to dark to light to dark. We have a pattern. Once we have a pattern, we can start, we can start counting time. So that's a. 
Something to think about. Either way around. The, either way around. He's not happy. This is our result. Says our result. Nothing changes by Hashem. Hashem wanted a world, so it shall always be in a world. And the result's answer is, it takes, it takes a number of steps to get to the world. It starts with the Rukhni world, and then it comes down to another world, and then another world, and then another world, and then eventually comes down to the physical world. And therefore, without that, because the always wanted the world. But the world couldn't have existed from the beginning because there's, it has to go through all the steps to get here. So, with the now, Rukhni world, how did that, Hashem, did that happen? When Hashem wants the world, so it starts with the Rukhni world, which goes down to a lower level, to a lower level, to all this world. When did he want now, the world? But that doesn't take time. Because the Kodesh Baruch wants something to happen, and there wasn't time to talk about it. All that Rizal is saying is, that therefore we can't say that the world began when Hashem was from the beginning when Hashem made things happen, because you see that there was a st- the number of stages which have to take place on a spiritual level before we get to this world. And therefore this world only comes into existence at a later stage. That's basically what that Rizal wants to say about that. Either way around, the, the, the philosopher who the philosopher who has this uh, kasha, and therefore he says, what's his resolution to the kasha? There isn't time, for, the world always existed, there isn't a starting point. Um, and therefore, the Kuzari kind of justifies him, he says, if they've, they've gone this far wrong, and the Hashem Muslim, you can't blame them, if the only way they got to this is not through the idea, like it's not the knowledge of Hashem, they didn't have that. It's only through Derech HaKosha, which means the own way of asking questions and trying to find the answers. And therefore, uh, the, the, the most that the exploration could get them to was, we have not, the three points you mentioned. We can't find proof to the starting point of the world. On the contrary, what they were aware of, the system in the world seems to be something which is constantly repetitive. And lastly, on a conceptual level, it doesn't make sense to them why there should be a starting point for the world if it was created, if that was, if that was, if the Creator always existed before that. So why would he, at a certain stage, only decide to create the world? So even though we don't agree with them, but because I you can't blame them. Based on what the tools they had, we understand them. And the answer is that's like a true. Without the Diyasatari, without the word to tell us these things, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't know. Okay, that's the first part of his argument. We'll go back and we'll see uh, the rest of it. He says the difference between religion and philosophy.